the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. In the midst of the circumstance that we're facing in the nation and in the world, God wants his people to know, I am in the fire with you. The title of our message today is, You Are the Redeemed. In the midst of everything that's going on around us, fear, panic, sorrow, and heartbreak, I understand what we're facing. However, there is a God who rules over the earth. Yesterday, I went to the Lord in prayer with regards to this virus that's plaguing the nation and the world. And I sought the Lord on my knees. And as I was praying, he said, Valerie, call a solemn fast of my people. And then he spoke a scripture to me, one that I don't usually use. It's not that this scripture isn't important. It's just that it's used so often. And I've heard it so much. And I've heard it so many times with no action backing it up. And so therefore, it's kind of a scripture. I hear it and I just kind of disregard it because I've heard it so much. Well, as I was praying, the Lord spoke that scripture to me yesterday. I sought him. I went down on my face. I got back up and got on my knees. And then I went down on my face again before the Lord. And he spoke. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Do you know what he was saying to me? He said, Valerie, it's, it's as though he was saying, I know it's not your favorite scripture, but it's the answer to your prayers. It's the answer to the world's dilemma and crisis. What was he trying to impress upon me? What is he saying to us? If my people, the church, who are called by my name, the ones who have been redeemed, that would be you, child of God, the ones who have been given my name, if they would go down on their knees, if they will humble themselves and seek my face, He's saying, seek my protection, seek my provision, seek me for healing and deliverance and trust me with all of their heart. I will heal their land. 
He said, call a solemn fast. No one is to blame anyone else. Don't blame anyone. The voice of the Lord said, Valerie, tell my people to pray. The Bible says, and this righteousness from God comes from faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God will save, but the children of God must arise. And when we do, the Lord himself will arise. Psalms 12, 5 and 6. For the cause of the oppressed and the sighing of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will put him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are flawless, like silver refined in a furnace, like gold purified sevenfold. These words are faithful, and these words are true. The Bible says that the redeemed of the Lord say so. Go on, speak it. Say it out of your mouth. Say so. Say, I am redeemed by the Lord, and I belong to him. He has given me power and authority to decree and declare a thing. For Job 22 and 28 says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. If you don't speak it, then the circumstance is not going to change. You must arise, redeemed of the Lord. If we seek him and pray, the land will be healed and we will have health and restoration again. Revival can break out not only in the nation, but across the world. If the people of God will seek him in fasting and prayer, I'm here to tell you that prayer can mitigate a situation like this. Prayer can change circumstances. It can put a swift end to a plague. It doesn't matter what it is that we are facing. Our God is bigger than our circumstance. In Second Chronicles 20, it reveals King Josephat. He is confronted with violence from nations that have strategized to devastate Judah. But yet he took a great victory. What was King Josephat's strategy at a time of great trial when he could have crumbled and been defeated and wiped out? When Josephat was told that a vast army from three nations was coming to battle against him, he was fearful. Isn't that kind of like what we're going through right now? When we have heard that the coronavirus is coming across the land, coming across the country, coming across the world, coming to defeat our health and devastate our nation, isn't it very similar to the same situation that King Josephat was facing? The nationwide danger was about to take place. A devastation was what they were facing. He could have turned to form allies with other nations, but he didn't. He could have turned with his men of great valor and called them to the table and have a meeting and have a conference exactly what they should do and how they should defend Judah against his enemies. Josephat was clearly terrified with regards to his enemies. Yet in that fear, he did not look to what the enemy was saying that they were going to do to him. Instead, Josephat, in the midst of this trial, he turns his face to the Lord, the God of heaven's army, 
who he knew could save them. He knew no path to dodge what was coming. Judah was in a great dilemma. Devastation was facing them head on. He turned to the one who could get him out of his trouble. He turned to the one who could solve the problems of his nation. It is clear from God's word that in any time of disaster that threatens his nation, God will make provisions for his people. Josephat humbled himself and he prayed and he sought God's face. He turned from his ways. He turned from what he knew could be going on in his nation. He wanted to hear from heaven. He wanted their sins forgiven. Josephat had an opportunity to obey God's word and to experience the reality of God's promise. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Second Chronicles seven fifteen to 16. And Joseph had feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to require help of the Lord. And even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Second Chronicles 23 to 4. Not only did he set himself to seek the Lord, but he called for a national fast. Fasting means humbling oneself before God and a desperate prayer with total reliance upon God. There's something about fasting that humbles us. There's something about going without food. And we begin to realize, wait a minute, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. There's something about lightening our tank. If you know what I mean, not eating till you're full, not eating on meat and things like that, not eating on snack food and, and, and dainties and sweet breads and all those types of things like morning Danish treats, right? Humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Fasting is a way of telling God that you are serious and you are willing to put yourself in a place, a position to hear from him. What Joseph had did really move the heart of God. He made the whole nation, even the little ones, their wives and their children, everyone fast and seek the Lord. They lifted their eyes away from their problems and they looked to God. Psalms 121, 1 to 2. Josephat took the lead in prayer. He stood in the midst of the people and prayed the scriptures telling the Lord of the great things that he had done, reminding God of his promises to them. He acknowledged his vulnerability to God. Our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Second Chronicles 20 and 12. He was crying out to God, least you save us. If you do not, we will perish. And God responded to his cry. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, Josephat, but God's. I'm paraphrasing, if you will, Second Chronicles 20, 15b. Fasting 
humbling ourselves. There's something about that that gets God's attention. God stepped in for them. King Josephat sought God to fight for them. Flesh and blood. Presidents, kings and queens, leaders of mighty nations, world rulers. They are still restricted. Their resources are limited. No matter how powerful they are, they have no power over the real enemy, Satan, who causes all adversity, suffering, combats, bereavements, and calamities that just keep coming. God exposed to them the enemy's design and initiated for them their course of action that they should take. Second Chronicles twenty sixteen and 17. Joseph had listened to God with confidence. Before he conquered, he worshiped God. He led all the people out of Judah and Jerusalem and bowing down and worshiping the Lord. The next thing he did was to follow God's instructions carefully. He set the worshipers before the army and they began to praise and worship the Lord. Oh, Joseph had sought God. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Second Chronicles 20 and 21. What happened? And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambush against the children of Ammon and Moab. And when they were to come against Judah, they were smitten. Second Chronicles 20 and 22. God caused such confusion in the enemy's camp. They began to kill one another. Instead of them being destroyed, God turned things around and their enemies began to destroy one another. There was so much to take place there. There was so much that the enemy could have done. It took them three days just to collect all the spoils that were left when the enemy was defeated. Instead of death and defeat, they experienced victory and great rejoicing. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Josephat was quiet and there was peace in the land for God gave him rest round about. That means that God allowed Josephat to enter into his rest after that, enter into a time of peace. Second Chronicles 20, 29 to 30. We may not have physical enemies like Josephat did, but we're in spiritual combat. Sickness and disease is an enemy. Some of you may be in serious trouble with seemingly no way out and be discouraged. But God is the same yesterday, today and forever. I want to recall a time to you when I was on an island in Okinawa, Japan. And remember, I told you this story before, but it just always comes back to my heart at a time of great crisis. My 16 year old who had never been ill not one day in this kid's life had the health of an ox. We're in the middle of Japan, having a great time. We're on vacation. It is absolutely amazing. I'm not expecting any warfare, no battles to have to take place. And what happens? All of a sudden, we're sitting up late one night. We've had a wonderful time. We're laughing and talking about the things we've seen. And my guys have gone out and watched the 
the young guys drift, you know, with their cars. And that was really exciting and racing. They'd watch this on the island. And we came back in late that night. And the 16-year-old is sitting on the sofa. His face turns red. He grabs his chest. Tears start streaming down his eyes. And we're saying, what is it? What's, what's going on? He doubles over on the sofa and we're all, we can't figure out like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's saying, my heart, it's my heart. I mean, it was, oh my goodness. It was the most intense, sudden battle that I have ever faced. What could I do in the middle of Japan? We have been informed as we're going through this battle, I'm going to make a long story short, that that night in the hospital in town, Probably no one spoke English. So what was I going to do? My 16-year-old's having a heart attack. The blood pressure is up. The military base sends some young men over there with machines. They take his blood pressure, and they're saying, no, ma'am, he's got to get to a hospital. We can transport him to a hospital in town. They said his blood pressure is so high, he has to be in severe pain. I mean, I've got that part figured out. He's doubling over, and tears are streaming, and his face is getting redder and redder. And I'm saying, oh, my goodness. And I'm saying, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, we've got this. And the, the young paramedic said, are you sure, Mrs. C? I said, yeah, it's okay, you can go ahead, you can go. And my older son, who was Navy military, said, no, mother, what are you doing? Why are you sending them away? I'm like, no, no, it's okay. And I turned to go towards the bedroom. And when I turned to go towards the bedroom, the paramedics were exiting, you know, the condo. And I turned to go toward the bedroom. And my older son says, what are you doing, mother? What are you doing at a time like this? Where are you going? And I said, I'm going to my room to get my oil. And he said, what? At a time like I said, leave me alone. I am going to get my oil. I went and got my oil. I anointed him with oil. What am I going to do at a time like this? I've got two or three thousand dollars cash money left. This is the end of our vacation. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to walk into a hospital where I don't speak the language. I'm thinking in my mind, they're going to be poking it with needles. They're going to be taking tests. They might shut me out of the room. I won't know what's going on. What am I going to do? I laid hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. And I began to call on God. I want to tell you that gradually the red began to leave his face. Gradually, his hand began to slide down from his heart. And we're saying, are you all right? How do you feel? And he's saying the pain is decreasing. You know, it's going down. The pain left his body. Do you know he never had an episode the entire time that we were in Japan? Do you know that when we got back to the hospital in the United States, they couldn't find anything wrong with this kid's heart? And he's over 30 years old and nothing has happened since. In a crisis, whatever is within us, that is how we are going to respond. I had no alternative but to call on God. That's what was within me. That's what I believed will resolve the situation and save my child's life. In the midst of the storm, what did the disciples do on the boat? When the wind and the sea were tossed in great turmoil, they went to Jesus and told them of their despair. And he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the sea. He spoke to every element. He said, peace, be still. And it was still. If we call on God, 
when we seek him in fasting and prayer. You see, Jesus fought the battle on the battlefield. He fought the battle alone in prayer. And then when it was time for him to step out and raise the dead, he spoke the word. When it was time for him to speak to the elements, he spoke and said, peace, be still. He didn't pray a long, drawn out prayer. He addressed the circumstances at that time. When we fight the battle in fasting and prayer, God hears us. The Bible says we know that he hears us. And because we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we ask of him. I know sometime I go before the Lord and as I am on my way in prayer, I know the angels look out heaven's windows and say, here she comes again. It's Valerie. And maybe some of them that aren't as familiar with me say, well, well, who is she? She's the one who just keeps saying the same thing to him over and over and over until she gets what she wants. Look, here she comes. I can tell you what she's going to say before she even says it, because I will wrestle with God and I will stay in the midst of that battle. I won't try to get out. I will stay in the midst of that battle and war in that situation until I see the victory. It is time for a national fast. It is time. The Lord said, call a solemn fast of my people. There is no one who can deal with a national crisis, but the church, the only one who has the power in this situation to back up the medical personnel, to back up the governor, to back up the senators and the president. Where is their backup in power? Their resources come from God himself. Healing is not in the hands of the doctor. Medication is in the hands of the doctor. But healing is in the power of the Lord. If we will call on God and call a solemn fast, I'm calling it today to the children of God to call on your father. We must repent, repent for our personal sins as we go into a fast because you are the redeemed of the Lord. Repent for our personal sins. Then repent for the sins of our family and then repent for the sins of our nation. Isn't that what Jeremiah did when he went before the Lord for the nation? He repented of his personal sin, the sins of his father, his family, the sins of the nation. And God heard his prayer. Even though they went through a great trial, God heard his prayer. I'm calling a solemn fast today because thus saith the Lord, if my people will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their ways. He will heal our land. I'm asking you today to visit our website. And on our website, you will find instructions about how we're fasting and praying and calling a national, a solemn fast of God's people. On that website, if you have not joined the kingdom of God, you'll have an opportunity to pray an awesome prayer and come into a relationship with your father, the creator who made you. Join us today in a solemn fast before the Lord, because when we do, we will see our land healed. We will see revival break out in the nation. We will see the power of prayer again in our churches. We will see illness and death curtail. Prayer can mitigate 
the situation of national crisis when a plague, when a virus wants to wipe out thousands with death. But I'm calling a solemn fast of the people of God. Go to our website, prayersheardinheaven.org. Prayersheardinheaven.org. And you will see those explicit instructions. And you'll also see our telephone number where you can join us live on Saturday morning and hear a powerful message from the Lord. You'll hear testimonies of miracle healings and deliverance. And you will be part of a great army that God is rising up that's going to shake the nation and the nations of the world. God calls all of us to do great things for him. He's calling us to humble ourselves in fasting and prayer. And he's going to give us specific instructions when you join Prayers Heard in Heaven. You're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders because they follow the child of God. A solemn fast will bring healing to our land and to the nations of the world. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. 